Good, good, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome again to Revelation Hour. Uh, another show, another topic. Actually, pretty much the same topic we had last week, but we're gonna do. We're gonna split it probably in a bit two part today. Um, in the light of a few things that's been taking place this week and last week. Good morning, madam. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good, good, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. She's looking lovely and fresh, you know. You know, I tell you. But no picture this morning. <laughs> so, guys, thank you for being with us again this morning. Um, as we look into this other topic in Revelation Hour, I hope you enjoy. And again, if you have any questions, um, any comments, please send it through the uh, WhatsApp, or you can, those who are listening via Zoom, send it via the chat box on Zoom. If you listen by Facebook or YouTube, you can send your comment on Facebook, YouTube, and we'll be able to see them and try to answering as quickly and as much as we can, pretty much. But why don't we pray? Um, we're going to have this show on the Lord, isn't it? So let, let's begin to pray into this. Father, we thank you so much uh, this morning for the opportunity to share your words uh, in your presence. We thank you for the revelation that you have given us, Lord, over the last few years, the last few months, as we continue to uh, prepare, as we continue to build a community within the community. We ask you in the name of Jesus, Father, for your guidance today. As it's quite um, a very intense, kind of intense topic, but we just want to go through the headlines, really, and pray that you would give us the word to speak so it's so we can understand it you know make it easy for us to understand we thank you we thank you for those who are listening this morning or those who be listening um through the podcast we ask you to continue to bless them guide them guide them and show them the way to go in jesus name amen amen mm-hmm. would you like to do the honor my darling to give the quick way to connect if possibly Okay, so you can contact us, is it, by Facebook or Twitter, um, and you could actually contact us at Revelation Hour, so it's info at revelationhour.co.uk, and yeah, those are the way to connect with us if you want to contact us. We also have a WhatsApp group, so you can contact us on our normal WhatsApp group, which most people who are listening are a part of. If you are not, um, and we haven't added you to it, if you would like to be added to it, just send us a personal message, um, a text message um, to our or, no, an email. or an email as well. Um, info, info at revelationhour.com or code.uk. Code.uk. And uh, we will add you to our WhatsApp group. So I think that's it without further ado. Well done. Well done. Well done, babe. You've done very well. Done very well. So what we are trying to do before we start every um, topic is to look through the news of what's going on today and uh babe i want to show you this tribunal reserves judgment in case of christian sacked by school in lgbt role let's uh have a look at this news and see what it says in more detail so this is what it says here what's your take on it she says she was dismissed for gross misconduct by farmer school in Fairford because of her religious belief. Mm. And she's supported by the Christian Legal Center. Mm. And basically, what, what's your take on it? 
is it the kind of things that we're going to see more and more often here now well we've seen it before in terms of when people have spoken up about um lgbt mm. um in different ways shapes or forms um yeah i think the thing is because she's she's a teacher i think teachers are not meant to speak up about things such as this and make their views known um but at the end of the day it's just and you're meant to keep your religious beliefs your personal beliefs private um and i think it's the same in any field it's the same in the corporate entity it's the same mm. everywhere um so therefore i suppose she was on her facebook page but as we said before facebook is no longer one of those places where it's a it's somewhere you can actually just vo vocalize and think it's just about you and your friends because everybody has re is reading it or somebody who is it's quite interesting because if this was on her facebook page um and it was a personal thing then how did it actually manage to get out there so she could actually end up sacked so that that's another question as well and mm. it just shows us that nothing is private anymore absolutely you know that, nothing that. is private anymore and if you think about it that's her facebook page um i know before where i used to work my boss used to look on people's facebook pages suppose it's how you do the settings and things whether you make it public or or not but at the end of the day you know it's it's obviously I, someone's I, read it and then shopped her yeah, I, I, <laughs> think, I think the the um, other thing as well that we need to 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 bear in mind and and i'm not saying don't use facebook or anyone but you got to be as you said clearly so that you know it is not private anymore information that you display on on your facebook page or even any other social media for example you know we're talking facebook get facebook because it's facebook here but uh, it is subject to be seen by other people and and i was told as well um probably about a few months ago that when you apply for job people tend to look now on your social media activities yeah, you know to do. determine your character yeah, to determine do. your yep. what you believe yep. to determine where i used to work what, that's exactly yeah. what, what and and, and i think this do. is something yep. that you know before you would bring your cv and you would go for the interview and and mm. then you know they will take you on the day whether you they like you or not they would take you on the job but now they're looking at your life and because social media has become such an important part of people's life of people's daily life daily routine now so you pretty much post everything you know from the breakfast that you're eating in the morning mm. to your birthday family to your religious belief as we just see now as well mm. which is really show how the world is moving in that sense so this is what i'm asking are we going to see more and more of those things taking place because because eventually when it comes to a system when Christian Jews will be persecuted for their faith, if you're still posting your thing on Facebook, or if you may have posted your things on Facebook years prior to the world system changing, you will definitely find people start chasing you and looking, they will start looking into your past. It's like when somebody becomes famous, what the media is doing the first thing, they're digging it into the past. They're digging it for any information. And those are things that we really need to uh, take into consideration now when we're actually uh, logging in into our, our, our Facebook and, and so on because of these people's ability now to be able to find information that they need to find it to either use them on your favor or use it against you. And, that, and that's a really the thing. I think, I think you said um, now... 
I'd just like to point out, and I think most people know already that they've had the ability to do so for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not something that they've just now had. But what we do is we volunteer the information now. Yeah, So the thing is, we actually put everything there for them to be able to see, whereas before they would collect data Mm. at different points of in different points of society. So they will collect things from your from the supermarket. They will collect things from your workplace. Mm. They will collect information from all of these things. And that's where data protection came in. But still, we know that it's still available for them to be able to have access to if they need to and if the law is changed, because they can change the law on data protection at any time. Absolutely. And another thing is, so the thing is, that's the first thing. So it's not a new thing. It's something that's, they've been collecting data mm. um, for a very, very, very long time. Um, and we know in terms of things such as that, if we go back to um, when, if we go back to what in Germany, um, in terms of Hitler, that's how they were able to collect information about the jewish population Mm -hmm. so they've 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 had things like this in place for a very very long time um and it's how this data is utilized i think that's one of the things that we've always spoken about how do we utilize how's that data going to be utilized and who is going to be in charge of it um and i think as i've said before they've said that they don't want one particular country to have dominance and the access and the authority over the internet or over that's what they didn't want before but now what you're finding is there are particular companies from particular countries who are having more authority because they own these things privately Mm. so the thing is if you think about it if they're living in these countries the governments of those countries i'm sure will probably at some stage approach them in terms of being able to have access Mm. We've seen it in terms of when um, there have been um, things taking place in terms of when we've had different things taking place within society. Yeah. Um, so when we've had attacks on particular things, how they've been able to access mobile phones and particular platforms straight away. And they're able to do that um, to be able to access the and to trace and track I, I, I think the, the movements of the people. I, f- I think I think there there is this this official way of doing things and the unofficial way of doing things mm-hmm. as well. And and you're absolutely right in that sense. Um, there's another um, here that I just kind of just drew my attention. Um, something we're going to be touching on a bit later on as well. Uh, more than 500 UK pastor play with PM and first ministers to not close sorry to not close church again um so he says the more than found the uk church leaders have called on the prime minister and first minister of wales northern ireland and scotland not to close churches again as we face a tightening of coronavirus restriction so th- this is going to be a bit of the, the tricky one because i know some of the churches that got back to um you know, to have their services, normal services on a Sunday. But um, some have but just gone back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the 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 thing is, the question is that I'm asking you, and, and as we discuss it. Sorry, and some still haven't gone back. And still haven't gone back. Mm. Like, oh yeah. Anyway, and um, so this is going to be quite interesting. And my question is: Is do as a church need to prepare for the inevitable, which is really pretty much beginning to do church 
in a very different way because it looks like now we've gone from 30 people admitted in church to 15 uh, no longer ago. Now, the Prime Minister mentioned that's going to last for about six months now, roughly. Um, that's what they reckon, some from data and uh, research that they have. So now we are looking at churches to be closed again for those that open, just open. Obviously, we have been using Zoom, you know, for a, a, quite a long period of time. And it has worked. It's helped many new believers to come to the faith. But the question is, we can't trust the technology forever. You know, because they can shut down that technology whenever they want. If they want to shut the technology, if they want to shut the internet for security reason, you know, let's per se, we need to begin to think about other ways to do services. Because at the moment, I, my, my, my feeling, and, and that, that is a personal feeling, my personal feeling is that we are looking at the situation and we say, great, we can't have church physically, but we got Zoom or go to meeting or whatever platform you're using, you know, to have your online services streamed. But in order to stream the services, you need to have access to the internet. And basically, you need ac internet access and, and whether you're streaming via Facebook or YouTube or like we're doing now or any platform, then you need access for it. Now, if those organizations, for whatever reason, decided to close those access, do we have a, another way to have service? As usual, so you're seeing way ahead. Always, um, <laughs> always. <laughs> you're seeing way ahead. I think for now, um, the platforms that we have, um, we will be utilizing them quite a lot um, because if you think about it, most churches are do have more than 30 people in them. Mm. Um, the congregation is is made up of more than 30 people. By the time you get the worship team and the pastor and you get a few ministers, it's, it's almost 30. Um, so, so therefore, you know, really and truly, I think what you're seeing is definitely for the future. Um, it's definitely something that we ought to start thinking about, though. That's the whole point. Um, and, uh, you know, in terms of gathering, as I said, some churches still haven't even gone back yet. And in terms of the platforms what, that we're using, yeah, the in yeah, in terms of that, I just I look at it and I think it, it's we have to look at, and I think it would be good to look at places that don't have internet access. Um, what they do um, but also in terms of the restrictions what I would say is that you know they're looking at having a vaccine ready for they're talking about next year at some point the first first quarter they're talking about um, if not by mid-year so if that's the case if most people are wanting to go back to church the option would be that they take the vaccine um, we know that a lot of Christians are not wanting to take the vaccine mm -hmm. um, for different reasons. So that just poses another Absolutely. kind of question. Um, another question. Okay, in order for us to go back to church, what are we willing to do to, to actually get back? So I'm just kind of throwing different things in here um, as I'm as I'm we're going along. But it's just I think in terms of the platforms. Um, in what we have, I think it is definitely important for us to begin to think ahead uh, and not be caught short like we were this time. And I think that's exactly my point about building the community within the community is to begin to anticipate 
you know and and god mm-hmm. speaks to different ones at different seasons different times but god is really speaking to us about this particular season this this preparation which is key for us which is as you mentioned it doing different things begin to learn about how to do things you mm-hmm. know that's all part of it we talk preparation doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing it now you know somebody was asking me you know and i was a while back and he said we need to go off grid we need to go off grid and, and i said it is okay to go off grid <laughs> but are you you know have you got everything in place to go yeah. off grid yeah you know you can't just go off grid you know most of us today can't live without a mobile phone because <laughs> mobile it's phone, not even it's not even just things like yeah that. But i'm talking yeah. i'm just using mobile basic phone as things, an example yeah. but it's very yeah. the basic basic needs yeah. you know we can't yeah, but so yeah basic things it's quite yeah. interesting that the whole lockdown situation has posed so many different you know dilemmas and raised so many questions but i think one of a major thing for example fam- families is like okay what happens with the children's education and i remember reading an article of a man who went off grid mm. um and this was a few years when i began to look at this whole off grid um um thing and he said he went off grid but he had to end up coming back because he said he didn't consider things like um the children's education but also the social aspect for his children Mm -hmm. because he was out in the middle of nowhere his children didn't see people also his wife the the, and also the things that we're seeing now Mm. so the effects on mental health anxiety um education how it works so the thing is in terms of the physical things such as the water systems and the growing of the, of the own food and all of these things he'd taken into consideration he'd mm. bought the house everything was there but he said there were things that he missed mm. that he didn't realize so they then had to come back inland to bring their children back to school mm. to do all of these things so they still had to be on the grid mm. because there were particular things that he hadn't considered mm. and he was writing an article saying if I were to do this again, this is what I would do. So mm. I think, and he said, there's a time, and he said, w- most importantly, he said, there's a timing for us to go off mm. grid. It's good for us to prepare, bit, but there's a timing. It'd be interesting to, uh, I, I, w- I will try to see whether we can find somebody we can maybe speak to about going off grid. But one of the things that a lot has shown me, um, as a matter of fact, this morning, um, as I was anyway, um, it's just show me, it's about transitioning. You know, yeah. it's about transitioning. Yeah. And and I think for us, as people of God, as we continue, you know, learning about things that's taking place in the system, where the system is moving toward a, a system, an antichrist system, it's about us having this ability to begin to transition. So your transition right now may be just learning how to grow plants. Don't mm-hmm. necessarily mean you do physically doing it, but you're learning about the way the season, you know, or was growing was not growing in season for somebody else it may be just learning about irrigation system mm-hmm. you know so we have to begin to and, and it's a quite interesting it's, it's about god is bringing us to basics because the world is moving toward a technology a high advanced technology but in order to live without that technology being gross in that technology we need to go back to the basics mm-hmm. you know and the basics is you know, what we spoke about and we keep speaking about, about, you know, your food, your health, you know, your, 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 your basic living things that you need to do. And for us, it is a process. It is a process. I do not believe that things going to change in six months to a year in terms of Antichrist coming in, boom, like people said. But I do believe that 
it is a journey where we need to begin to change. We need to mm. begin to change, first of all, our mindset. Secondly, we need to begin to get knowledge in the things that seem to begin to be lost in human humanity because they are focused now in technology. They are focused now in the advancement technology, you know. It's all about art, artificial intelligence. It's all about transhumanism. As we spoke about, it's all about, you know, really uh, connecting technology with human. But for us, it's about connecting with nature. And you with know, God. It's, yeah, and with God. And God's creation. Yeah, exactly. So we need to get back to those to those basics. But that was it. I, I was going to look into these other things, but because of time, do you know what? Let's do this. God is still doing something. God and, and and that's one of the things that I want to mention. It God is still working, and this oh, yeah. is the beauty of yeah, it. He's still working. One thousand five hundred people get baptized. Can you imagine that? That yes. remind me of the day of Pentecost. Mm. You know, mm, this is beautiful. It, I mean, look at that. It it is amazing. You know, five different provinces of the country gather in reserve in central Thailand for the ceremony. Church planting group free in uh, free in Je- Jesus Christ Association and Rich Village work together for the event, so they pretty much. It's beautiful. Beautiful, isn't it? Don't beautiful. Know whether we can play, whether we play. Uh, let's see. That is amazing. I mean, I, I find it amazing. Look at that I love the photograph over there. It is amazing. That really won my heart. That's really It is what I want to see. As people, this is what I want to see. It's quite interesting with this because many years ago I went to Thailand and um, I just remember I wasn't a Christian. It was just before, probably a year or two before I became a Christian. And Mm. I just, I just, when I went to certain places, I just felt it was, I never knew what Sodom and Gomorrah was like and I'd never really read about it in the Bible. But I just thought this place is my heart was broken um beautiful place but then at night when you began to go out you would see things that you just just were out not even out of movies they were just they it was awful children being exploited by older europeans coming and they knew they could go to thailand to do that boys and girls um bars open with girls dancing on the tabletops young girls very very young Mm. Um, because that's the way there was so much poverty that that's what they would do to be able to get money and I wasn't a Christian but my heart for for children had always been I've always had this heart for children especially when they've been exploited and I just cried Mm. I I remember crying there and just just seeing this and it was just like a playground for people to come and exploit um, these these children and these young people and I just thought this place, beautiful. When you see it on the absolutely beautiful, lovely people, such beautiful people, but there was just so much going on, um, so much going on there. 
and mm. I just thought sexual immorality was awful. Mm. So for me to see this, this is just so encouraging and beautiful to see. It's so encouraging. God is moving in Thailand, and, and that is amazing for me to see. He's moving everywhere. He's moving everywhere. But this what we're this seeing This is what now. we're seeing. And, and it's brilliant to see that. And, and in the midst of what's taking place, you know, God is here. Oh, yeah. God is here yeah, always. He's, he's not asleep, you know, believe me. And he's still working. Mm. Oh, thank God. 1,500 people get mm. baptized on mm. that day. Mm. It's amazing. They are Pentecost. Beautiful. Let it be this portion in the night in kingdom where we see yeah. a same uprising of people turning their life yeah. to Christ, Beautiful receiving Jesus, get baptized. Yeah. Let the move of God mm. fill this country and every other part of the world. Mm. The Bible speaks of the new revival that I would come yeah. and I would move. You know, Many people would turn their life to Jesus mm. and that's what we want to see. Yeah. So that was the latest news. Um, that's quite well, a lot. You didn't miss the, that one. That yeah, yeah, one. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. So, Looking back in, in, in our topic, you know, I'm just skipping through those slides very quickly. The world's now seeing the future from a science perspective and we know see we see the latest data that I came across, the second wave that's coming and and the uh, tightening of uh, um of uh, restriction in, in many parts. We we've seen that taking place. We've seen the world, that's where they that's how they look in. We know that as people of God, we need to see from his perspective and not the way the world see, but we need to see from God's perspective. We also know that we need to be sober, we need to be vision, as says in First Peter 5, 8 and 2 Corinthians 2, 11. You know, we need to be vision. And that's the whole purpose of Revelation Hour is really preparing us, you know, for what's coming, you know, how we can engage with it. So la- last week we begin this new topic on the nation of Israel. And, and I mentioned something very important. I say that if you want to know when the Antichrist is on the scene, you got to look at what's taking place in Israel. And that is so key. And we, at the moment, everybody's focusing on, on the COVID-19 and, and what's taking place, the vaccine and so on, and, and the new regulation taking place, which we're going to touch on uh, later on. But I always believe that Knowing the seven years tribulation is key to know what's taking place in the nation of Israel. Because Daniel has prophesied many times, you know, Ezekiah's prophesying, uh, Jeremiah prophesied, Isaiah prophesied. Most of the prophets prophesied on what Israel will become in the later days as well. And the arrival of the Antichrist will coincide with certain events taking place in Israel. So this is why when you hear people saying the Antichrist is here, it is not here yet. It may be on the scene. It may be working you know, on the scene as we looked into his characteristic about a few weeks ago. If you want to go back to it, go back to one of our podcasts on the Antichrist. When one of the things is deception, very deceitful, you know, going through the schism to get to the top of where you need to get. So it may be right now working you know, many people believe that some of the people that went into powers, Americans such as Barack Obama and other people have been ushering, you know, this new law that has been implemented that we have seen in today, there will be part of the whole system when it's in place. So what we are seeing today, we are seeing changes in the way people behave, but also changes in a way, government established new regulation and new law. And one of them we touch it would be about COVID-19. So you want to look about the is you want to look about 
tribulation and Jesus' return, Israel is the place to look at. And I always point out to it. So the other thing that we need to say is that Israel is key to God's timing in end time prophecies. And I know people don't really not mention so much about Israel, but it is such a key component when we're talking about end time prophecies. You know, and it's been going through the Bible. If you read the Bible, and as I mentioned, the book of Ezekiel, the book of Daniel, the book of Jeremiah, the book of Isaiah, and, you know, even Jesus mentioned it. Jesus pointed out to it. And a lot of the prophecies has been already fulfilled, you know, concerning Israel. From the time of Daniel, from the time, you know, we find in the book of the Deuteronomy, for example, they all been already fulfilled. And that is so important. So when we're looking at end-time prophecies, we've got to begin to look at Israel. What was God's promise? What was God's promise, babe, to Israel? He made a promise to Abraham. Mm. He made this promise. I think it's the Genesis 11, maybe, around Genesis 11, if you, can, if you can turn to it. it. Yeah. He made a promise to Abraham. And the promise meant that he would give him the land of Canaan. Yeah. That was his promise to Abraham. And that promise was filtered through to um, Isaac, Mm -hmm. the son, through his son, Isaac, and through Jacob, Mm -hmm. which God changed the name from Jacob to Israel. You know, know, Jacob um, means, it's like Trista, what's the word you use? Somebody would do a tricks, uh, or somebody would deceive her. Yeah, yeah, trickster. And he changed his name to Israel. And through Israel, we have the tribes, the sons of of Israel as well, born out of it, and the tribes to form the the nation of Israel. But God made a promise. He made a promise to Abraham, which I think, in a way, when you look at the situation today, it's taking place in Israel and Palestine, um, it's very interesting to see. And Genesis 12 says this. Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. That was the promise. That was the promise. And that's a promise to us. Huh? That's a promise to us as well. It is. It mm. is. Mm. So you can't ignore, as a people of God, we cannot ignore what's taking place in Israel because it is such a key moment. When we look in the Battle of Armageddon, it's taking place in Israel. Mm. So Deuteronomy says this 33 to 5. That the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and, and have compassion on you. And gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you and from there it will bring you. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it. It will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers interesting isn't it mm. that was found in the book of the Deuteronomy chapter 33 to 5 
Many other prophets prophesied that Israel would be scattered all over the world and eventually they will be back into the land that I was promised to the Father. And they will actually prosper mm. and multiply more than the fathers. Mm. I think we spoke about this last week, didn't That's we? That's right. Jeremiah 33 says this. For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers and they shall possess it. Mm. So the Bible clearly speaks of a nation of Israel, you know, be born or in a sense that they will come back to this nation that they left. They've been scattered now. And we spoke about it. 1948 was that time when the Jews were basically given state of Israel was physically born. Now, we've got to understand that prior to that time, the Jews has been scattered all over the world 70 years after Christ. The Romans destroyed the temple. The second temple, they destroyed it and they pretty much massacred Jerusalem in that sense. The Jews were scattered. North Africa, wherever they could leave, they were scattered. And that nation, Israel, was no more. And that pretty much nearly over 2,000 years. They were wandering. They are no land. They are no countries. So Jews were everywhere. They were in Russia. They were in Europe. They were in the States. They were in Africa. They were everywhere. Because they have no land. So when we go back to what God says here, not only he will bring them back, to the land which your father possessed it, and you shall possess it, and he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. Mm-hmm. The prophecy was fulfilled. So when I'm looking at Israel, I'm looking at a nation that God's promised, but I'm still looking at there's so many other prophecies that still need to be fulfilled, and especially when it's to come to in relation to the end times. So, looking at briefly the history, we look into the last week, and I don't want to go in detail um, to the history. But one of the things that I want to focus on, and I think is very important, is the situation um, the, between 1956 and pretty much 1967, when we're talking about the Six-Day War. Now, to give you a few dates very quickly, from 19, um, obviously, 1947, 1948, they become, you know, nation of Israel. And then obviously, there's a big problem here because the Palestine are living there. The Arabs country surround Israel. And as far as they're concerned, the Jews, you know, are nothing. Mm-hmm. And you got to remind as well, you know, the, 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 the history of it, they just come out being um, nearly annihilated by the Nazis, by the Germans. So during that time, over 6 million Jews were killed, whether by concentration camp and so on. So there was a traumatic time here. And I think that most of the government felt that they needed to give something to them. And I think that the way God is working, and we saw the prophecy, Israel was the only place that they could actually have because 
that was the place that was given by the, you know, by promise to God and given to the fathers. So it wasn't just a, a Bible word. It's also historically they were proof that the Jews were living in Israel. And as I mentioned last uh, last week, Israel is the only name in every country in the world, and the name never changed. Yeah. From the time it was named, mm. never changed. That's the only one. So it would be very difficult for the organization, the the night, whatever was there at the time, um, the country that were there to actually deny that to to the to the Jew people. So what it did, they created a partition in an Israel place. They created a partition so the Israeli could have the state there. But obviously, when you create a partition in some, it's almost like somebody you buy your home, and somebody coming and he said. I used to live there uh, 200 years ago. That was used to be my family land. And it's, you know, I don't have a land. And then they, they split in the house in two and they're giving the house to, to Israel. So you would have think how people would have react to this. It would have been a, a problem. And there was measure, measure, measure problem in that sense. So we looked at this last, uh, last week and mm-hmm. we looked at when the Israel was created in 1947. Look at the Palestine and it was hardly anyone, no Jews, whiting is in Jews here, and the green is a Palestine land. Mm. So they are Jewish settlement in 1947. 1948, the Israeli land, they were given their land, but you think Palestine still have a lot there. And then we're looking through 1947, 1949 to 1957, 1967, Palestine has grown smaller and the Jews have grown bigger. And it's a, again a reference to what we've seen um, in the book of um, of Joshua. You know, when when they're given the land, they have to go and possess it. Mm. You know, you know the Bible speak about the heated the Philistine and other people were living in that land when they came. Because Abraham lived on that land, Canaan, and then he moved, and then he lived. Isaac lived on that land. Israel lived on that land. Then Joseph lived on that land. Then he went to Egypt. Yeah. And when he became the prime minister, there was a famine in the land. And every time there was a famine in the land in, in, in Israel, the place that they would go would be to Egypt. So when there was a famine in the land, they came, we know the story, they came to get the barn and the, and the, the, the wheat and whatever they needed in Egypt because of, of uh, Joseph's wisdom, revelation, and vision that he received. And they decided to leave in Egypt. And they stayed in Egypt for over 400 years. And during that time, there were subsequently new pharaohs that took over until the, one of the latest pharaohs turned the Jewish people into slaves. So Moses came on the scene and Moses came back to the land. But between the time when Joseph and the Israeli people went to live in Egypt to the time Moses came back, there was about four, five hundred years gap. And during that time, people settle in Israel. Philistine hit it, other people settled in that land. So when they were coming back to the land that was promised to them, they had to fight. And when you look at 1948 to 1967 up to today, we are seeing the same pattern. The difference is, in AD 70, they were scattered from the land. They didn't leave. They were scattered from the land. And it took them nearly 2,000 years to come back. So when 1948, the prophecy of the Deuteronomy and the prophecy of Jeremiah was fulfilled, 
that was the beginning of the end time timeline as we speak. Because from that moment here, everything is start moving towards where we are today in 2020-2021. But it's been a progress and Israel has been a major, major part of it. So when we look at a crisis in 1956-57, it said Israel colludes with Britain and France to invade Egypt during the Suez crisis. In order to reopen canal to Israel shipping and end armed incursion by Palestinians from Sinai. So, this canal was very, very important because this canal was allowing shipping, allowing transaction and commerce. And this was a war where they needed to take control of this canal because it was still things going on. The Arabs were still holding it. So, there was a lot of conflict there. Eventually, they managed to get it, to get it back. They said that in, 19, um, in 1962, improving relations and concern about the Middle Eastern balance of power prompted the United States to sell Israel in Mysore. When France had arms supply to Israel in 1966, the United States increased sales. What we've seen is a beginning from the moment when the, the, the British Empire set up the mandate to give the land to Israel in 1948 to 1966, the relationship between Europe and Israel begin to deteriorate. But America has always have strong relationship with Israel. Mainly because a lot of the Americans were Jews. Mm. You know? We are talking about the, the Kissinger guys, all these big guys that we are talking today. They were all Jews. So they have tight with the government, American government. So they were tight with it. And what we need to understand that during that period of time, Israel continued to prosper. Despite the conflict that we're facing from the Arab around them, they, you know, they continue to, to prosper. 1967, this is where many people, and I would you know, encourage you guys to do your own research and read into research in the Six-Day War. This is a war when some of the Arab countries unite against Israel and stage a Six-Day War. At the end of that Six-Day War, Israel managed to possess more land than they had before. They had three, four nations against them. And they will still be able to, not only to defeat them, but also to gain more territory. And as we look in this map, by the time he got to 1967, they pretty much took everything back from the land that was given to them by the fa- for the father. And when we look at Israel today, we are seeing a pretty much settlement, Palestinian settlement here. Now, Israel tried to invite other places like Lebanon as well, and they have to retreat as well. And there's been many um, declarations, also declaration they have to pull out of Lebanon. I remember because my best friend at the time, back in the 80s, is Lebanese. Mm. And I live in the States now, Karim. And I remember him and his family, brilliant. And they fled from Lebanon. They fled from Lebanon to France because there was a war there. And there was a major, major, major conflict. So Israel has always been fighting against the neighbors. There's always been a fight. There's always been this, this Middle East, this, this part of Israel. It's critically, from a military, uh, military purpose, it is pretty much seen as a center. You control Israel from a military perspective. You pretty much control your position when it comes there. Very difficult to penetrate. Because of where the way they surround it as well. 
and strategically positioned in a way that they can fight from the north, the east, the west, and the south. And this is what has always been an emphasis on wanting to possess Israel, in a way. The Arabs want it. Because also the land, the fertile land, we spoke about it last week, about the, the fertile land that emanated from it. So those are the things about Israel briefly. And like I said, I don't want to talk too much about it. No, we know about Gaza. You know, we know that Israeli uh, withdrew all, all Jewish settlement. And the Gaza Strip has been a very much, pretty much a, a conflict there, uh, which is really between uh, occupation, Israeli occupation, and people still living in the Gaza. And that we've seen there terrorists coming out of it. You know, uh, Yasser Arafat, all the different people that we heard about over the years. Now, today, when we look at it, we look at today as Trump trying to bring a peace treaty um, into uh, Israel. Now, there are in August 2020, so that was last month that we spoke about last week, the United Arab Emirates become the first Gulf state to establish diplomatic relations with Israel. This is the first Arab state that begins to have relationship, diplomatic relationship with Israel. It's quite interesting when you say that about the UAE. Mm-hmm. Because when I went to Dubai years and years ago, before it was the way that people see it now, um, when I was going there, people were just, I, I went, actually went for a job interview. And, and the thing is, when I went there, the, the person who was interviewing me, I said, oh, I was talking to him about, even before I went, I said, I'm not quite sure mm. um, in terms of the Arab countries. And he said, no, 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 no. Out of all of the Arab countries, you know, the UAE is the most relaxed. Mm-hmm. He said it's the most relaxed out of all of them. He said, come and have a look for yourself. So mm-hmm. when I looked, when, yes, of course, the, the still laws are, are still in place in terms of particular things. Um, but they are in terms of, in terms of um, receiving people. And that's why Dubai is, is one of the top destinations that mm. people go to now. But, and that's what they were aiming for. And they want to see themselves as being you know, they still, of course, they retain culture, they retain their beliefs and everything. But what they were saying, they want to be seen as somewhere, a place where people can come mm. and they can, you know, a really major destination, holiday destination of the world. Mm. And of course, they're developing themselves in a different way because, of course, everyone knows that, you know, oil is running out and all these different things. But they want to be seen as different. So it's quite interesting that you say mm. out of all of the Arab countries, the UAE is mm. the first. It's the first. And and I think that the interesting thing, and, and to go further ahead of it, I believe, and that, and that is what I believe, and what I see from what I'm reading and the information that I'm getting from different sources, that the Arab countries still want to destroy Israel. <laughs> they will never stop destroying Israel. As a matter of fact, the book of physical really speak of a war that would wage against Israel mm. as well. Yeah. You know, another war that will rage against Israel. I will find the scripture. The names just came out of me now, but I will find the scripture in the book of Ezekiel and uh, Magog, the war of Gog, Gog and Magog. Magog yeah. That's the war Gog and Magog. That is prophesied that this, this war pretty much, pretty many people believe that that would be the time when the Arab, the United Arab, will will reunite together alongside from the north. And the north people I mentioned, it could be Russia and some of the north country. And they will, Russia won't physically be involved with it, but they will provide all the infrastructure, the weaponry for the Arab to attack Israel. And when um, 
um, when the Arab country attack Israel, then God miraculously will move and will protect Israel against this invasion. And I truly believe that from that moment, many people, many Jewish people will begin to turn their life to Christ because mm-hmm. they see the miracle that God is doing. It will be something that everyone in the world will see. This is part of the prophecy that I still haven't been fulfilled. It's called the, Gog, the, the, the War of Gog and Magog. Mm-hmm. So if you can study it, it's a very, very interesting to see. And that exactly, and, and I read it. I read it to you very quickly. It's found in the book of Ezekiel 38. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. Prophesy against him and say, This is what the sovereign Lord said. I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and bring you out with your whole army, your horses and your horsemen fully armed, and a great horde with large and small shields, all of them brandishing their sword. Persia, Kirsch and Put will be with them, and all with shields and helmets. Also Gomer with all its troops, and Beth Tagoma from the far north with all its troops, the many nations with you. Get ready, be prepared, you and all the hordes gathered about you, and take command of them. After many days you will be called to arms, in future years, you would invent a land that has recovered from war, whose people were gathered from many nations to the mountain of Israel, which had long been desolate. They had been brought out from the nations, and now all of them live in safety. You and all your troops and the many nations with you will go up, advancing like a storm. You will be like a cloud covering the land. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On that day, Thought will come into your mind and you will devise an evil scheme. You will say, I will invade a land of unwell villages. I will attack a peaceful and unsuspected people, all of them living without walls and without gates and bars. I will plunder and loot and turn my hand against the resettled wounds of the people gathered from the nations, rich in livestock and goods living at the center of the land. Sheba and Dedan and the merchant of Tashi and all our villages will say to you, Have you come to plunder? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods and to seize much plunder? Therefore some of man prophesied and said to Gog, This is what the sovereign Lord say, In that day, when my people Israel are living in safety, will you not take notice of it? You will come from your place in the far north, you and many nations with you, and all of them riding on horses, a great horde and a mighty army. You will advance against my people Israel like a cloud that covered the land. In days to come, Gog, I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am proved holy through you before the eyes. This is what the sovereign Lord say. And so, I will do a proper, we do a proper study on the, on the war of Gog and, and, and Magog. And, what is interesting to understand, you know, as I said, Israel is at the center of the world and the north will come. They will come, the Arab nations will come, the north will come, and they will come to take Israel. And when they take in Israel, God miraculously will intervene. God will intervene. It will take Israel by surprise. The whole world will be shot by what's taking place. 
it will be taken by surprise. And because of now with social media, the news and so on, the whole world will see what's taking place. But God will intervene and um, restore Israel. So we're not going to touch too much on this now. But this is something that we definitely will do as we continue into our story of of of, uh, of our nation of Israel, we will look into the God, the, the war of Gog and Magog in detail, and we look into the political implication as well and what's taking place today. So this is really what was going to take place, and I went ahead of my time when talking about that. It's a very interesting, but I when I was fascinated by this. So what we are talking now is the peace treaty. Why am I mentioning the peace treaty? I mentioned the peace treaty for this. Very simple. We're not talking about the peace treaty that Trump's trying to do. We're talking about what Daniel say, you know, in Daniel chapter 9. And he says this. 70 weeks are determined for your people, for your holy city. And he says this. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation of iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal a vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the world, even in troublesome time, and after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the war, desolation are determined. That was Daniel prophesying on what was going to happen to Israel until the coming of Christ and when Christ was going to be crucified. He determined 62 weeks in that time. We will try to go into more detail next time as well because it is a quite interesting to understand. But what we want to focus on is this one. Daniel 9.27 Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who make desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out undesolate. Now, this is a very, 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 very important when it comes to end time prophecies, when it comes to tribulation, when it comes to the Antichrist and his dealing with Israel. Here Daniel made his prophecy from 924 to 927 about a, a, a period of time uh, in relation, he's speaking of weeks, but one week, seven days, but here is a reference to years. So he's speaking of weeks. In this thing, in no more detail, he just explained to basically what's taking place. And he's talking from the moment Israel would be rebuilt to the time of Jesus coming and then that week that is referred that we just read it in 927 is that week referred to the tribulation seven years tribulation part of the daniel 70 weeks prophecies so during that 70 weeks prophecy there is one week that 
Daniel is referred, getting this vision, are seven years when the Antichrist will come. And the Antichrist will, rim, will, will bring first a peace treaty with Israel. It will bring peace when there was no peace. Now, many people believe that that peace will come after the war of Gog and Magog. To be honest, I don't know. But what I do know is that every leaders in this world, since the 1960s, 1780s, they've been trying to broke a peace between Israel and the Arab nations without any success. Now, Trump lately, last month, managed to create some kind of coalition or some kind of the peace in essence. But I still believe that the peace treaty that Daniel is referring is the peace treaty that the Antichrist will be making it. Now, to understand this, we got to look at this. That's 70 weeks, based in seven years. The man of lawlessness, Daniel 19, he will make a seven years covenant with many. So he's going to come and he's going to make a seven years treaty with Israel. During that treaty, he will break that covenant in three and a half years when he set up himself an abomination that caused desolation and, and sacrifice and offering. Basically, at the midpoint of that seven years tribulation, he will go to the temple that would have been rebuilt, the third temple of, um, of Israel that would have been rebuilt. He will come to that temple and he will say to himself, I am God. And he will stop the daily sacrifice that the Jews were doing and he will proclaim himself God. And at that point of time, the Jew people will now recognize that the person that they accepted as the Messiah, because we go to understand the Jewish understanding, they miss Christ when he came. So when the Antichrist come through what I spoke about, lineage, him from a Jewish tribe and so on, and say so it's part of them, and bringing peace to the whole world, bringing peace to the Middle East, bringing prosperity to the whole world. So everybody's going to look at him and say, this is a real deal. We are looking at today. We are looking at our government and we criticize our government because either they're not doing enough or either they're doing what they're not supposed to do. But every government has been criticized, especially during the COVID-19. Their response to COVID-19 hasn't been what the people want to see. So when the Antichrist come into position, everybody will accept him because of his charm, because of his wisdom, because of his understanding of politics, but also because of bringing peace, bringing prosperity when there's crisis and finances. So it would break that at the three and a half years in that sense. And then the Jewish people will come back to God. This is why I say Israel is so key. Between the peace treaty that is going to break, between the, 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 the rebuilding of the temple, those are clear signs where we are at when it comes to end times. Now, Thessalonians says this, Let no one deceive you by any means, for the, daily, the day will not come unless the falling away comes first. So, the day of the Lord will not come unless the falling away comes first, unless he come, unless he proclaims of God, unless he desecrate the temple which needs to be rebuilt. So, what we are looking today is this. The current world state is not fueling the rise of the Antichrist. The COVID-19, the financial crisis, now what we are seeing we are seeing every single event that has taken place, has been taking place over the last, but especially starting from 2019, there has been an acceleration, 
acceleration of putting things in place now. And they use the COVID-19 as a way to accelerate the rise of the Antichrist. Fear factor. And now we've got financial crisis. Those are all aspects that at the moment the government find it very difficult to deal with. So when it comes into place and it will be able to eradicate disease, it will be able to find what people have been asking for, vaccine. Mm. People want the vaccine today, regardless of what we're saying about the vaccine. And, and we are few. And I'm telling you, we are few people who actually look at the vaccine and think, mm, not really. But the majority of the world want a vaccine. They want it. And that is simple as that. And we've got to understand that this is how the world is moving. They are moving toward a created a vaccine. And those elements, vaccine, even the Black Lives Matter movement, they hold these things all fueling the rise of the Antichrist. All of this. And now we have this. Look at this. What's your take on it? Track and trace. Mm-hmm. Now we are looking at track and trace and, and many people will look at track and trace. So this is great, you know. Can tell you if somebody you've been in contact with someone who has the COVID or near the COVID and, and so on. But it's, it, it's just like when there was when you think of the twin towers when all of that happened. Mm-hmm. And I remember where I was and what I was doing and but then I remember the aftermath. It was people were panicking, they were fearful, terrorists could be on any corner doing all sorts mm-hmm. of things. So we had the introduction of all of these cameras everywhere. That's right. Um, and these things always usher in a kind of new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, before it wasn't so um, obvious. So it would just be like, now it's like there's going to be, this is the new way of doing things. Um, this is the new world order. It was ve- It's very out there now. Whereas before it was like, well, we'll just do the, this. W- we need to introduce these things for safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and people didn't they were they embraced it because they were they were fearful they were Mm -hmm. scared yeah um and it's the same kind of thing now. it is exactly the same very open but in every era there's something which is introduced which is going to change your life forever Mm -hmm. and and change the way that we do things Mm -hmm. and the way that that life as we know it Mm -hmm. um will actually proceed and Mm -hmm. this is another this is i mean this is like no other Mm -hmm. because what they're doing it's not just one thing they're introducing it's multiple layers right. of things that that's they're introducing right. and, and we can't even keep up with what they're doing. And that's the word. You said it, we can't keep up and that's yeah. exactly what's taking place at the moment. We cannot keep up about the introduction of so many things. I had a conversation mm. with one of our, a good dear friend of mine yesterday and, and listeners of the show as well and he was looking in the um, COVID-19, you know, section 63, mm, yeah. which is, was talking mm. about many, uh, you know, things yeah. taken away from finger pe- Finger, fingerprint taken, you know, uh, children be finger, fingerprint in school, uh, all those things. What we are seeing, and like I said, we are seeing the, the ultimate goal is this, is the Antichrist. Mm. That is the ultimate. It's the Antichrist coming in and proclaiming himself God to all the nations of the world, using Israel as his platform. That is the mm. end goal. Of Satan, and that's that the thing. Before everything, everything yeah. that everything that's taking place today is leading up mm. towards this great event, great event where he's going to come. The whole world we see, mm. 
media, CNN, Sky, what you call it, all the news will be there. It's already, it's already done because it's already brought everything to peace and prosperity to the whole world. So everybody's worshipping already. But now, because everybody's worshipping, the ultimate end goal is be there three and a half years during the tribulation, standing up here and say to the whole world, I am God. And literally say, I am God. In a temple of the Jews. Desecrated this temple. You've got to realize that it is Satan incarnation. It is a Satan person coming in. Mm. And Satan, his ultimate hatred is towards the Jews and the Christian. So that is the ultimate end goal of Satan. But the thing is, why are we so hated by him? I just want to highlight that. Go for it. You know, and I think the thing is, I think most of us do. He will come straight for us um, because he knows that we are the only people who can stand in his way. That's right. Um, and because we've been given authority to do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. So the thing is, when we're seeing all of these things, it may seem quite surreal and quite abstract. And yeah, well, um, it's not really affecting us right now. So it's not really a problem for us. But believe me. Um, we need to be interceding. We need to be praying and interceding for these things in terms of these things. These are all part of, of the plan. God knew exactly what was going to take place and there's nothing new to him. He knows what the beginning is and he knows what the end will be. We know what the end is. All these things need to happen um, because it's all part of God's plan. Um, but I just say don't be complacent about them. <laughs> You know, don't be complacent about all of these things that are, you know, be very much spirit led in terms of where God is speaking to you about being positioned and what he's speaking to us about doing, because it's a very critical time. I've never seen anything. I mean, I've I'm not that old. But the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, when you speak to people who are in their 70s or 80s, you speak to relatives, they said they've never seen anything like this in in all of their lives. Um it's a very different time we're living in. It's it's really like the the the, the they set um one of those timers, you know, mm. when we've got a certain period of time to do this, because the thing is, l listen to this, Mas, they can't use the COVID card for long. Mm -mm. It's not gonna last long because the natural human body will be able to find a way to fight that disease, yeah. regardless. So they can't fine they can't hold that card but what they know that window that they have now it's a window of it's a window of opportunity for them to not to begin to bring everything that needs to be mm. bring in order to usher like i said the rise of the antichrist the rise of the new world order mm. that is that window that window is not going to last because as we say god the way he made us our bodies it made our bodies to be able to fight right. against any disease. Infection. So eventually, mm -hmm. our body will find a way to fight mm -hmm. against the COVID-19. Right. Mm. And as a matter of fact, you're now seeing that even there's many, many infections, there's not as many deaths that mm. they used to have. Why? It's because the body is beginning to fight. But they're saying it's also the way they're managing, managing it. But exactly. I also believe it's the way that, as you say, we are now, uh, the way that our systems are made. God mm -hmm. has actually made them that you know in terms of pathogens we can actually our bodies find a way mm -hmm. they, they know they know how to actually fight against them and begin to heal mm -hmm. um because that's how god has made us absolutely resilient absolutely so 
why we're saying this is what i'm saying israel is so key you know it, it's just so important you look at israel if you know that they are now rebuilding the temple then we know that we are getting closer to that seven years tribulation because we know that Adam, the half mark of that seven year tribulation he will desecrate the temple but in order to desecrate that temple and we're not talking about a spiritual temple this is a physical temple it has to be built we look next week but what happened is they are looking to build this temple so this is not something and we've seen the prophecies of the Deuteronomy has been fulfilled mm. when God said he will call out his people from every nations he will call them back to their own land and they will multiply further and they will prosper even more mm. as we look at Israel today it's yeah. a very prosperous country in every aspect Nation, yeah. from an economic perspective from a military perspective mm. from a cultural perspective mm. and it's booming and more people are going back to Israel mm. there are more people they are sad moment Israel now represents 43% of the population in Israel. The Jewish people. There's 43% of the old Jew out of the world. 43% of those people now living more in Israel. And coming. more of them are coming. And they, they, the nation is calling the issue to come back to the land. Yeah, they are. There's They've a call for the for Jews to come back. They've been doing yeah. it for now. And there's yeah. a war. And with the COVID, acceleration of COVID, mm. it will usher more people going back. Mm. Like I said, one of my best buddies is Jews. Maybe we'll get him on a call live, you know, if we can. He lived in Israel. Now, we lived in France. We were born, born in France, born in Paris, you know, grew up in France together, doing all sorts in France together, good and bad thing as well back in the days. But he's still my best, one of my best buddies. He's gone back to, he's gone back to Israel. He's been back a few years. He's been back in a few years now. Mm. And it's fine. And eventually, we'll love to. We we'll probably go and visit him at some stage yeah. when, when the COVID stops. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, this COVID-19 that's taking place, the actual disease won't last for long because the body's fighting it. Mm. But what's taking place? Everything has been implemented, from more cameras, from the 5G technology, from the uh, track and trace now, from the temperature taken in, in your workplace. Everything is part of a system of infiltration, a system of control, which eventually is necessary for the Antichrist system. In order for the Antichrist to be able that he has to control everything. We look at a pyramid that we looked over the last few months. It's so key. So, to conclude on this topic of the, the peace treaty, and next week we look into uh, the, the Temple of Jerusalem. What do we do? We pray. We pray. We pray. We prepare. Mm. Like I said, we prepare. We get knowledge. We get understanding. Mm. You know, the Bible says we get knowledge. With knowledge, you got to get the understanding. So we get knowledge. We get understanding. We, we watch. Position we position ourselves. Yes, Those are the things, and this is why we have in this show Revelation Hour to help us not only to know what's taking place, but to also prepare us. You know, and we looked at it. You know, some of some of you guys have been planting vegetables over the last few months and you've seen the fruit of it. Continue with this. Learn to plant different types of vegetables. Find out about what are the ones that are nutritious for your body. The body God has created is an amazing body. It's here to fight against this disease. And as I said, it's important. And as a people of God, we need to continue to pray. We need to continue to, to share what we get. Mm. thanks guys for sharing all those videos that we're receiving on whatsapp and 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 and, and platform it's fantastic yeah. you know because it allows us to 
be aware of what's taking place. Mm. But also continue to ask the Holy Spirit to filter the information that you get from right, left, center. And be watchful. Pray for your brother and sister. Let us continue to be, you know, to build this community together, you know. Let us continue to know what's taking place. Why don't we pray? Father, we just thank you so much for this time. We thank you, Father, for speaking to Jean-Marc's heart and my heart. Father, putting the words in our mouths, Father. And Father, we pray for everyone who is listening, everyone who will listen, listen now and who will listen later, Father. We just pray, as we said, that we will continue to pray and we'll continue to prepare and we'll continue to position ourselves, Father, in order for us to be able to fulfill that which you want us to in this season. Father, we pray for grace. We pray that you will strengthen us all. We pray that you will actually continue to reveal your heart to us so that we can go out to wherever you send us to, Father, and you will actually work through us so we can bless others in the way that you have called for us to. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, that at this time, Father, you will have your way in, with, and through all of us. Let your will be done so that your kingdom can come, your mm. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, yes, we Lord. thank you, and we thank you so much and give you thanks and give you praise, and to you be the glory, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, guys, if you want to contact us, please, you can use our Facebook page to see the, the podcast. We have a lot of podcasts, you know. A lot of videos has been done into a Revelation Hour. Um, you can tweet us as well. We are trying to get user Twitter, so you can tweet us a Revelation Hour. Or you can email us. Feel free to email us, info at revelationhour.co.uk. Um, and yes, let us continue to encourage one another in this season. Um, we are going in a second lockdown. It looks like you know, that we are going to something a bit more restricted. So let us continue to, you know, watch over each other. You know, mm. we are brothers and sisters. So keep keep watching over each other. Keep calling each other. And guys, if you want to contact us, we're here. If you want more information, we're here. If there's things that you want to know more about, we're here. And if there's any topic that you would like us to cover, Please send us an email, send us a WhatsApp message as well, and we'll be happy to uh, uh, to do that. Okay, so I think we're done now. Yeah, thank you again, guys. Thank you so much, and we we'll see you next week, same place, same time. Ciao, guys. <laughs>